Hello and welcome to the RCM Chat Podcast brought to you by AGS Health. It is a podcast designed to help you rev up your revenue cycles. And today we're talking about clinical documentation improvement and utilization management. We have two great guests for this conversation I'm happy to bring on today. Eric McGuire is a Senior Vice President, Medical Coding and CDI Service Lines, Corporate Strategy for AGS Health. And Scott Entinger is CEO, CDI Answers. Thank you both for being with me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Looking forward to this conversation, but before we kind of dive into the Q&A, can I ask both of you to give us a brief bio for yourself? Uh, yes, I'll jump in, Eric. Uh, you know, I like to go first. Uh, Scott Ettinger, CEO here at CDI Answers. We, we've we been specializing in really recruitment and consulting in clinical documentation integrity for about the last 15 years. Work with health systems all over the country when it comes to staffing their CDI programs, also helping implement CDI programs, possibly reinvigorating CDI programs in cases where they already have something and they're looking for uh, new energy and, and new, uh, new possible opportunities there. We specialize a lot in education as well. We have recently started a CDI academy for healthcare professionals that are looking to get into clinical documentation integrity into this field. And uh, we offer boot camps and training and ultimately work with a lot of organizations that take our academy graduates and, and start them in new careers. But uh, that's uh, you know, a bulk of what we've been doing for a majority uh, of the past 15 years. Wonderful. My name is Eric McGuire. I'm the Senior Vice President of the Medical Coding and uh, CDI and Clinical Services here at AGS. Uh, at AGS, uh, we are a full revenue cycle uh, uh, service provider as well as uh, technology enablement. And uh, I've been uh, probably in this industry close to 25 years uh, with uh, probably 15 to 20 of that in advisory consulting space with close to 50 clients that I've worked with. And so uh, bring that here to be able to try to tie together and marry the business and the technology and to provide services that deliver the outcomes needed. Wonderful. And of course, you know, business, we're looking at the bottom line here, but at the end of the day, really caring for the patient. So there's a lot to talk about here as it relates to both sides. So let's start off with this. Accurate clinical documentation is more crucial than ever. So how is this impacting utilization management and clinical documentation improvement as it relates to integration and then care coordination? I would say that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, documentation is increasingly important when it comes to utilization management. Now, I would say that CDI is a little bit different than you are. It's a little bit more difficult job. Uh, you are, you have the luxury of telling a doctor what they need to write uh, in order to get medical necessity for an inpatient stay. Ultimately, the function of utilization management is threefold, uh, trying to find out you know, if the service being rendered is going to qualify for an inpatient stay versus an ops or outpatient scenario, uh, you know, certainly from one day to the next, making sure the documentation is accurate to uh, justify the stay in an inpatient stay. Uh, they're certainly from, you know, for example, if you're looking at someone with you really got to document the seriousness of a patient's condition, such as labeling them as severe sepsis versus sepsis alone, acute renal failure versus renal insufficiency. Uh, and documentation accuracy is it, it really the, the core of making sure that utilization management 
can determine that and uh, work very collaboratively with there. We say that CDI and UR really up each other's clinical game uh, and clinical expertise. Um, you certainly have the function for utilization management when it comes to discharge planning and having accurate documentation is absolutely paramount when facilitating a patient's transition from either an inpatient setting to rehab, skilled nursing, home health, to make sure that they're gonna get paid for their models when you're you know, referring. And, and really where I think CDI and, and UR are really closely aligned is when it comes to readmission prevention and readmission penalties. And you know, CMS is imposing up to 3% penalties when discharged patients end up being remitted at any facility, it's coming back to that original facility. And so we feel that documentation, ICD-10, CM coding efficiency really is paramount when it comes to that particular standard and making sure that we risk adjust the patient accordingly to eliminate those readmissions and ultimately help with denials and appeals and, uh, you know, comes to the payers who, uh, at the end of the day, when you're looking at quality assessors as well, and, and that's sort of very crucial moving forward. So we feel that uh, CDI and UR can certainly be collaborative, collaborative um, in nature, even though CDI is a more complex function in our opinion. And certainly this is just my opinion, uh, obviously being here in, in the market and seeing what we're doing over the past 15 years, they say, look, if it wasn't documented, it didn't happen, right? And uh, that's really where we find that if it wasn't documented, it wasn't coded accurately, it doesn't matter what you say because it, it just wasn't there. Yeah, I'll just bolt on to what Scott was saying and that um, in, in, the, in the IT world, there's an adage that of garbage in, garbage out. And CDI works the same way in that if it's not accurate, it's not correct, all the, the uh, impacts downstream uh, are affected. And so that whether that's utilization review, uh, care coordination, uh, discharge planning, or any of these, you have to have that accurate documentation with the right specificity, um, and, and not to mention with your coding world with the specificity around ICD-10. All of these things are critical to the ICD-10, and uh, that's where more and more they're becoming integrated and tied together and collaborative, as Scott indicated. And so we see that only growing. And in the future, um, because as more and more things, uh, especially with the shift and transition to value-based care, more and more we're going to see that these things are tied together and need to be tied together. Otherwise, your denials are going to continue to go up, and you're going to continue to have challenges in other areas of your uh, organization. With CDI, of course, there's a high level of complexity here. Uh, Scott, I remember you talking about there are CDI classes or a school that you're a part of. So I want to ask both of you, what would you say are the biggest challenges with CDI programs today? Yes, yes, yeah. It's uh, the online boot camps, online academy that, that they access, yes. So we teach and train fundamentals of CDI and inpatient quality via an online academy that we have currently with Dr. James Kennedy as our lead instructor. We also have continuing CDI education platform on you know any CDI subject matter that continually get released for on-demand education and CEU credit. I mean, really just what you alluded to is surely the complexity 
of it all, right? You know, those involved in CDI not only have to master the clinical terminology, but they have to tackle the coding concepts, which we know never change, and uh, ultimately are constantly changing. You know, I, I make light of that, but the, you know, the regulations, guidelines, you have to be up on everything that 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 comes down, and it seems that they, you know, they're changing twice a year. Um, and they have to be dealing with arcane coding concepts and risk, risk adjustment, excuse me, and payment methodologies that on the surface might not make a lot of sense. Um, so uh, in addition, you've got physicians that are becoming more affected by risk adjustment, cost efficiency modeling, yet they're still paid on a fee for service CPT schedule that really doesn't depend on documented diagnoses like an inpatient DRG or a quality metric. And, you know, consequently physician incentives to amend their language, just they're not really aligned with the facilities, right? So you have to find a way to engage the physician, what's in it for them, put both, you know, both players on the same side of the table. And, um, and now you've got about 50 different models affecting reimbursement or quality, you know, gone are the days of simply looking for capturing CCs and MCCs. You know, CDI is just an ever complex world that is changing daily. And, uh, you know, that's what I would say is a major challenge. And as we have worked with organizations, even now, you know, which is astonishing to me, you still have a lot of C-suites out there that don't understand the value of what CDI truly can bring to an organization. And you, without that administrative buy-in, without that administrative support, it is very difficult for any organization to ultimately get where they need to with an efficient CDI program and see the value of everything that it does interdepartmentally across the board, improving outcomes for an organization. And, uh, you know, obviously I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the payers. Uh, you know, we all know that they promise health care. They just don't want to pay for it. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's uh, a scenario where you're trying to, you know, really head off any denials and, uh, and, and utilization and documentation is at the core of that. And if you, the more that you can do on the front end, so you don't have to constantly be, you know, playing catch up and, and playing cleanup on the back end. Uh, ultimately is 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 what you're looking for and, and trying to accomplish. Yeah, I have to agree with Scott. It's the complexity and the specificity that's required today. Uh, I mean, the number of regulatory and policies and um, uh, new requirements that have come down that depend upon that specificity is, is, is just growing. Meanwhile, the providers have all learned in a fee-for-service model and they code for the encounter while everything else is moving to a global patient view. And so this puts a lot of pressure on the CDI departments to be able to really make sure that that specificity as they will go back to work with those providers, create communication to improve that documentation so that it can be used downstream. And this is only going to grow. And uh, I look at the difference between, um, you know, the facility or inpatient CDI versus outpatient. And even now outpatient is splitting and you've got ambulatory CDI versus professional CDI and the requirements that are there. It's only growing. And uh, to Scott's point that I think administrators are still slow to embrace what that means and what that looks like and what the benefits are. And that's where a lot of that that uh, requirement around education comes in is not only educating the providers, but you now have to educate the administrators why this is important. 
How do you demonstrate the ROI and the value that you're creating and make sure that they understand what's there so it gets the proper investment and gets the, the appropriate number of resources dedicated to actually do it successfully? Let me ask you this. Let's talk about inpatient versus outpatient CDI. So what are the differences and trends that you're seeing, particularly with the growth of what we heard talked about earlier, value-based care? Well, I still think, you know, obviously inpatient CDI is still focused on the inpatient DRG, right? And uh, in addition, now you have to deal with quality measures that weren't existent 10 to 15 years ago, such as PSIs and mortality and readmission measures. So uh, hospital acquired conditions and, you know, a CDI really has to be accountable for all of these different measures and models and must constantly keep up and educate themselves on on what the the current guidelines and, and as Eric was talking about policies and procedures constantly changing and uh, in an inpatient and an outpatient setting and CDI now has the Alex Hauser models as well as MSDRG APRDRGs and you know a host of other methodologies out there that that one must master in the inpatient setting versus an outpatient world where you're primarily focused on the Medicare and Medicaid managed care organization, capitation involving HCCs for Medicare, for Medicaid. Uh, You have physician cost efficiency measurements now with the new MIPS program in place that are holding physicians accountable to properly risk adjust their patients. Uh, Really, I think the ACOs, that's the 800-pound gorilla that few of us are looking at right now. Um, CMS just hasn't done a good job of reporting how well physicians are performing with these models. And so it's a very, you know, I would say it's not as defined as the inpatient setting. That's a a big difference in the outpatient arena. Um, You know, there's not a lot of education out there in the outpatient CDI arena right now. So it's relatively new, but you have, you know, outpatient CDI can influence CMS's mortality and readmission measures since the outpatient codes for the past year are included in their risk adjustment. Um, so that's, you know, some of the few thoughts that I would offer, you know, inpatient versus out. Yeah, I, I agree with Scott. I think the the inpatient CDI has been, uh, it's a lot more structured. The disciplines are there. It, it, the, the framework is a lot stronger. So it's easier to know and understand what you need to go and do. Whereas the outpatient uh, setting, it, it, I, I alluded to it the other day, I think it's more like the wild, wild west. They're still figuring out where they're going. They're still understanding um, what's happening. And provider engagement is the, one of the biggest challenges that we, we see and face there. Because, again, you know they need to respond to queries. They need to be able to have the time to be able to look and know and how that applies. And so they're still building out what those models look like and how the, the methodology and the approaches and processes will work. And so that's one of the reasons why we've teamed up with CDI Answers, because that consulting piece is so critical to getting it right. So many organizations jump in and they try to throw resources at it when you really have to think strategically. How am I going to do this? What is my end goal? And what is the best practices to help us get there? And it's not cookie cutter. To to Scott's point earlier, I mean, I think he he indicated there's like 50 some models that we're looking at out there and that's ever growing. And so where do you use what, when, what does that look like? And and most organizations are already short staffed. They don't have the ability to invest and have the time to do this. And so 
Um, that's why I encourage all of them uh, to invest wisely, pull in organizations like us and, and CDI Answers to help hone in and make sure that what you're doing is maximizing your ROI and that what you're getting out of it. So clearly we know that there are some challenges with clinical documentation. We also know there are some solutions to make things better. So for those looking to begin a CDI program or maybe better leverage the program and the technology they already have in place, what recommendations do you have there? Well, ultimately, I think that a lot of mistakes are made where you're, you don't have a, a defined plan for what you're looking for in CDI. And CDI is, is not just a CDI specialist looking through a chart, right? It's ultimately the joint effort between the physicians and the coders that involve the people involved, the process involved, the technology, but most importantly, the work that needs to be done and the fact that words matter. And that's ultimately what you're trying to get across is this, you know, this is a, a situation where unfortunately what you learn in medical school and in nursing school is not what is codable. It is not the same language. And so being able to find and identify an overall program that is collaborative in nature. I can't say collaboration enough because ultimately if you're trying to operate in a silo, if you have an HIM department that is not talking to your case management, not involved with UR, if you, you know, you've got to have everybody on the same page in order to really have an efficient program. And benchmark your performance <clears throat> using credible databases like Visient or CDIMD Tracker. And, you know, certainly don't be afraid, as Eric alluded to, of templates and technology and proactive CDI. CDI, from its inception, has been such a cleanup game, and it's always been more retroactive in nature. So we propose at CDI Answers, taking a proactive CDI approach and building systems in place and building templates in place that ease the burden of the provider and let them do their job. So you're ultimately trying to capture everything in the record that you can up front so you don't have to query the physician or the provider at the end. So you know, having that C-suite buy-in and that administration buy-in, I can't say is paramount enough. So you can put systems in place. So you can identify an incredible, crucial physician champion for your CDI program, simply going to make them more efficient and able to capture what you can. As Eric alluded to it, we see it every day. Programs don't have the staff to operate. So you need to leverage technology in a way that makes your program efficient, grow, be collaborative in nature. And, uh, you know, like the norm has been just, you know, kind of been siloed and, and those days have to be done in, in order to move more efficiently. Um, certainly, I think promoting cr critical thinking, which is something that we do in our training and our education, that's ultimately what you need to do to determine, you know, definitions, as Dr. K, Dr. James Kennedy would say, definitions, diagnosis, documentation, deciphering, delineation, deployment, and defense, the seven Ds of CDI. And I think that, you know, ultimately that's what you have to do is being in the right mindset to critically think and, and see what's there versus what's not there. Uh, and, and the last but not least, you got to involve your compliance officer, 
because, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, you know, be sure that whatever you do will withstand any sort of incoming audit from payers or governments. And, and, and that's sure to come. You know, when you start to see an increase in your documentation accuracy based on, you know, the effectiveness of a CDI program, we always tell folks that they're going to see most likely an uptick in denials. So making sure that you're doing things the right way in a compliant manner involving the compliance officer. So you are set up for any sort of denial that is coming your way or any audit that's coming your way. So uh, those would be some of the things that I would say would really help you get your program up and running. You know, one of the first things I look at or that I've seen out there is, is that there's the lack of the right tools, especially in the outpatient space. Um, and, and when I look at our HCC program and, and the, the outpatient CDI that we build around it, I mean, manual queries are still going on today and uh, this is to me akin to paper charting you know it's it's we so the first thing is is get a technology and get the tool uh and and while i know some organizations they get analysis paralysis around which one to buy you know uh, that's great but get something because you need to get the tools there in the power of those resources and uh for them to be able to apply that critical thinking that scott was talking about and so many of these organizations just do not have those tools and capabilities. So the, the number one thing is let's get them those tools and let's get them those capabilities. The other thing I would say is that there is a difference in the, um, the professional versus ambulatory CDI. And so having the appropriate workflows built into those is critical because you want efficiency out of them. Because again, like we've mentioned, uh, they're, they're short staffed. So if you're going to maximize what you're doing, then you have to make it as efficient as possible in what you're doing and what you're delivering out there. And I, th I see a lot of organizations struggling with that. The, the final one, again, is, again, it, it's all about, like Scott said, collaboration, creating that relationship, even virtual relationships with those providers so that you can ease the amount of time that you have to impact them and what they're doing because they've got a busy enough schedule. The better you can do that, the better you can set your queries up so that they're quick, able to respond, get in, get out. All of these things will really help you to have a more successful and better program. Because in the end, I think number one of the biggest obstacles to successful um, outpatient CDI is provider engagement. And so if you can get them to engage, and it takes a multitude of things. Some are more electronically inclined, and, and uh, the, the younger ones especially like to get in there, and, and they love the technology. The other ones, not so much. That's where you can build your outpatient CDI around it to reach them, to connect with them with prospective reviews and other uh, uh, techniques to really ensure that you're, you're achieving outcomes. But it has to be a multi-pronged approach. You can't go in one way and think that it's going to reach and be successful. You've got to have different things. You've got to be able to identify. In fact, I encourage my providers to build out a database of the type of providers that they have so that they know where to take their different techniques and what's going to be successful with them so that you can get success across all those different pools of, of providers and uh, uh, resources. And as I remember, one of you had mentioned, there's no cookie cutter approach. <laughs> so every incident is going to be different for every company. So we've covered a lot of territory here, but curious to see if you have any other final thoughts as we're wrapping up here. I think that really, you know, people processes technology. That is ultimately what you you need the joint collaboration between people, processes, and technology, the joint effort between physicians and coders. 
and make this a collaborative approach, but you've got to leverage all of those in order to be successful. You can't just do it with staff alone. You can't just do it with tech alone. You know, I think getting the provider engagement, as Eric said, is, is, is absolutely paramount and identifying the right resources, you know, not just trying to plug and play, which a lot of folks are trying to do and coming up with a defined plan on what your goals are for your CDI program based on your institution, based on your organization. And as you mentioned, Michelle, there's nothing cookie cutter. It's all, you know, it's, it, you need to be flexible and moldable with each scenario and situation and, and put templates in place, put a great preoperative workflow in place so you can lessen the burden on that provider or that surgeon that simply focused on the surgery and, you know, not necessarily looking at MCCs and CCs. So you leveraging your nursing staff, leveraging your dietitian, leveraging a way to put processes in place ahead of time to be proactive. I can't say that more uh, uh, enough that, uh, you know, though, instead of constantly burdening the provider, finding a way to lessen that burden in order to get the outcomes that you're looking for and leveraging people, processes, and technology to do so. You know, the one thing that comes to mind for me is that how many organizations I've walked into that has a CDI program, but it's far from being effective or getting the return. Uh, to Scott's point, you got to plan to be successful. And that means you have to make the right investments. You got to have the right people. Um, you got to have the right, the right persona with those people. Um, and careful consideration of each of those is just as critical as the technology and components that you use. And so when you're pulling these things together, make an investment, plan for your success. Too many organizations, they bring people in and they don't really have an idea and concept. Bring in the consulting to get it correct. Bring in experts like us at AGS and at CDI Answers who can help set you up for success to be um, where you need to be. Because uh, all too often, and I think most organizations over through the years have learned this, that you can throw investments or throw technology at things but that does not guarantee or even bring close to, to success. So bring in people that are experts that can help you get there and achieve it. Your results will be there. The investment will be worth its weight in gold. 100%, I would just add real quick, a quick point is most people too, when you're looking at an outside consultant like CDI Answers or AGS Health, they're used to these other firms out there that are charging a large price tag, but there's a lot of different flexible solutions that CDI answers and AGS offers when it comes to a CDI assessment where there's very minimal cost up front and you are looking at a, a very large ROI. I think that's the key to getting C-suite buy-in is, right, you, no margin, no mission. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to have money in the door to get the resources that you need and clinical documentation integrity, CDI programs is certainly a way to drive the bottom line and you can do it in a compliant manner. You can do it where obviously if you're doing CDI correctly, you are not only getting reimbursed properly, but you're also able to meet all the quality metrics that are imposed at your institution because of the work that you're doing and it's the good work. And let's give the physicians and the providers the credit finally that they deserve because it doesn't show currently with their current documentation. They all do great work. They all give great patient care. And at the end of the day, that's what this is about is ultimately great patient care and putting a CDI program in place that allows physicians to do their job.
I was just going to say one other the bolt onto that is I as I saw the stat and it really brought home to me uh, how how big of a problem it is. I think 24% of a pro most physicians' time is spent with the patient. 73% is spent documenting or or doing paperwork associated to it. We need to flip that. I mean, but that takes a lot of investment in, in both an upstream and downstream and other things. But the bottom line is, is the more time we have them spending with the patient, the better outcomes you're going to get. And so um, organizations like us come in with these best practices so that we can look and apply and try to, to move the needle on what that looks like and get them spending more time. Better practices up front, how to wear, you know, building out your templates and your EHR and everything else and how they work, flow and work how um, the, the queries and stuff are designed so that it makes it simplified to answer and everything else. These become so critical to flipping that script. Those, those things are critical to really moving the needle and becoming successful with these things. If people want to start moving that needle, where can they get in touch with both of you to learn more about both of your respective companies? And if they have any questions. Certainly uh, contact me. It's Scott at CDIAnswers.com. Our website, CDIAnswers.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, you can get a hold of me uh, that way as well. And uh, we are here to field any and all questions. If you have questions, CDI Answers. Wonderful. And uh, obviously, you can reach me at uh, agshealth.com. Um, I can also on LinkedIn, uh, Eric S. McGuire, or you can find me through AGS Health as well. Um, or you can email me, eric.mcguire at agshealth.com as well. Available at all, all, all vehicles. <laughs> Perfect. Eric McGuire, Senior Vice President, Medical Coding and CDI Service Lines, Corporate Strategy for AGS Health, and Scott Enninger, CEO for CDI Answers. want to thank both of you for your time. Great conversation today. I'm sure a lot of people will want more information. So appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you so much, Michelle. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Michelle. As do I. Thanks, Eric. And I want to thank all of you for listening and tuning into the RCM Chat Podcast brought to you by AGS Health. Of course, you can visit agshealth.com for more information and be sure to subscribe to the podcast for more engaging conversations like the one we had today. Until then, keep revving up those revenue cycles. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. Thanks again. We hope to see you on another podcast soon. <music>